Hello to friends, family, enemies, and sentient trees that know pineapple on pizza is delicious. Welcome to Afucus Radio. We're broadcasting to you live, as always, from our top secret radio bunker. Is that what we call our apartment now? Only on weekdays. Wait, but then what is it on... Do I want to know? Probably not. Say hi to our listeners, Blue. Right. I'm your favorite host, Blue Jay Midnight, and as you probably know, this is my worst friend, my partner in slime. I'd call her my evil twin if we didn't look so different, my fellow host, Coconut Silver. I believe you have something for us today, Coco, do you not? Boy, do I. So, this is quite exciting, but I have, through completely innocent means, acquired... Shall we call it a piece of creative nonfiction writing? You specifying completely innocent means makes me think that maybe these means weren't completely innocent? How dare you suggest that? I am the most innocent person in this apartment. I don't know if that says more about you or me. So, creative nonfiction writing? (sighs) Let's move on. Today's story comes from someone I think I'll call Petra. Captain Petra. So what's Captain Petra need help with? Right, well, here's the thing. Maybe this is better if I just tell you in Petra's words. You mean that piece of creative nonfiction writing you found by completely innocent means? Exactly. Captain's Log. Entry 1. The date is Harvest Wormwood. I'm the captain now. I've heard captains have these, so I should start keeping one too. It's the right thing to do. It's what I'm supposed to do. Captain is not where I saw myself at this point in my life. I don't think I'm a leader. Not that I'm any good at following, either. To put it simply, I've never found a job I couldn't royally screw up. So it makes sense that even when the perfect opportunity falls in my lap, practically tied up in a bow, I find a way to... (sighs) So I inherited a ship. Well, my Auntie Orla died. That happened first. I guess I'll start from the beginning... I've never been particularly successful at anything. I don't think anyone has ever really expected me to. This isn't to say I didn't receive any love and support growing up, but from early childhood, I consistently and relentlessly saw people's expectations for me and floated just below them. I am like a low orbit satellite going around and around in circles, never quite high enough to break out of the gravity, but never so low that I plummet to the surface in flames. Though I always seem close to it. It's like a kind of limbo being trapped in this way. I think part of me sometimes wishes I just plummet already. It would be easier for everyone. This is all to say it surprised no one when I dropped out of standardized education just a couple of credits shy of graduation and never bothered to pursue anything above it. The last decade or so since then has been a string of 
low-wage, on-site jobs that have never lasted for more than 10 months. Honestly, it's exciting enough. Who else can say they've lived in as many places as me? Who's done as many different kinds of jobs? I mean, how many people can say they have both a transport ship license and a bartender's license, but less than six months experience doing either? I'm really good at moving in a hurry too. Sometimes I crash with June, but I don't like bothering her every time I get fired or dramatically quit an awful job. Besides, if you learn to avoid the patrol officers, there are some places in Beatty where it's quite peaceful to sleep outside. So that's why I was asleep on a park bench when I got the news that my Auntie Orla died. The funeral was awkward. My parents asked how my job with advanced janitorial was going. I smiled and said something non-committal. It didn't feel like a good time to tell them that was three or four jobs ago. I didn't know Aunt Orla very well. I think we were close when I was a kid, but that was a long time ago and well, it's a strange position to be in when someone dies and you aren't sure if you're sad or not. Not that I got to dwell on that very long. There were documents to sign, things to agree to, calls to make. See, it wasn't just the ship that I was inheriting. That ship represented the sole vessel of Orla Transport Inc. It was a cargo vessel and it seemed like Orla was expecting me to pick up where she left off. It took about two days for everything to get signed over to me and for me to go through Orla's schedules and either cancel or postpone all her active contracts. Just for a couple of weeks, I needed some breathing room to decide what to do next. So I brought June with me to check it out. We've been best friends since we were kids and she's always been the smarter one out of the two of us. Which is why she has an accounting degree and a high paying remote work pod job and a nice apartment and I have, well, this ship. It was strange. Um, in all the jobs I've had, I've never actually stepped foot on a private transport vehicle. Not just because they're rare, but well, when you have a record as sketchy as mine, it's actually easier to get hired with large faceless corporations where you can fly under the radar for a little while at least. The ship itself was beautiful. A little run down maybe, but between the discolored metal fixtures and vintage wooden accents, it had a rustic charm that was just a little intoxicating to me. June asked if Orla had any staff. She didn't, as far as I know. At least, not on record. Apparently, the ship had large enough living quarters to house ten crew members, though. Is it bad that my first reaction to this was relief? Relief that I could put off cleaning out Orla's personal living space for a little while, at least. I didn't spend too much time worrying about that, though. There was too much to take in. The best part was the observation deck. It kind of sounds like Petra had the solution to all her problems just fall right into her lap. She can't hold a job, now she's the boss. Has trouble staying on track, her best friend's there to keep her on track. 
Is that what you're seeing here? Well, yeah. I think it's pretty clear where this is going. She's going to take over Orla's transport business and ask June to manage the books. Sounds like she's got it made in the shade, if you ask me. Stop trying to guess the ending and just enjoy the story. Oh my Veld, you're so impatient sometimes, Blue. Fine, fine. But get on with it. <sighs> where was I? Right, right. Petra was describing the observation deck. It was massive, with a clear view in every direction through the domed glass. By Primori, if I thought it was beautiful while docked, once we were in the air, it makes you feel like... It makes you feel like you're standing on the stars. So that's where I was when June asked her next question. So you're going to take over your Aunt Orla's business, right? June didn't waste any time in getting to the point. The question no one else had asked me, because they all thought they already knew the answer, but June knows me better. We've been best friends for as long as we knew what best friends were. She's always been a sort of safety net for me, though. From letting me copy her homework before I dropped out of school, to helping me deal with all the paperwork and appointments while I was transitioning, and now taking a sabbatical from her high-paying, high-pressure, fancy accounting job to help me figure out what to do next. When I didn't answer right away, she continued, saying, I have some vacation time banked up, a couple of months at least. I can help you get things up and running smoothly, or help you sell the ship or the business or both. Whatever you decide, I'm here for you. She's always had my back like this. And I'd be stupid not to take over the business. Something like this being handed to me? Finally, a job I can't get fired from. All the work of establishing contacts and getting contracts was done. I just had to step into Aunt Orla's place. Which is why I couldn't do it! This isn't me. I can't take up command of an entire business. I can't step up and advocate for my own competence. I fly under the radar. I scrape by. I plan my life week by week. I can't keep a ledger, manage expenses, file taxes. It would only be a matter of time before I screwed it up. And then everyone would want to know how and why and where it went wrong and I wouldn't have an answer. Accountability to no one also means all blame was going to be on me when I messed up. I didn't say any of that, though. What I said was, let's just take it for a spin around the system first. It'll be fun. We can figure out everything else later. We didn't quite get that far, though. As soon as we entered orbit, a blip came up on the comm screen. A delivery notification letting us know we needed to head to the warehouse now, or we would be late. My first chance to step into Orla's shoes. June looked at me. When you know someone as long as June and I have known each other, sometimes all it takes is a pointed facial expression for June to say, Petra, I thought you said you went through all of Orla's contracts for the next 10 days and made sure they were all cancelled or postponed. And all it takes is an apologetic hand gesture for me to reply, I 
I guess I missed one? Not only was it too late to cancel, the blip was an automated warning that if we didn't go now, we would be late. So I set the course. The client was some company called NewGen and the cargo was on Trivium. Nothing huge, a few dozen skids to be distributed to some other warehouses the next system over on Envelor. If I had been paying more attention, I probably would have considered that it was strange that the warehouse didn't have their own transport ships for something like this. But that thought didn't cross my mind, to be honest. We got the shipment loaded into the cargo bay, signed some papers, and got back out of Atmo. I had the autopilot set to Envelor. They skipped a step. How do you know that? Are you reading ahead? Stop that! No, 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 no. I used to work for you, Deliver, remember? Mm, must have been before we met. You were a transport ship pilot? <laughs> Danger, no. I could never. I'm way too gay to drive. So what did you do? Uh, my title was Physical Asset Care Associate. Meaning? I was part of the team responsible for getting the cargo on and off the ships, so general labor stuff, I guess. But you're so... What? You know... I don't. Blue, you're so weak! Last week, I saw you split up a case of Choco Pop into two bags so you didn't have to carry it all at once from our front door to the kitchen. Cannot believe you would put me on blast like this in front of our listeners. You asked! Okay, fine. Maybe I prefer to make a lot of little trips instead of one big trip in the comfort of our own home. But working for you, Deliver, most of the hard work is done by the warehouse or dock crews, so by the time we got there, everything would be on hover lifts or mono conveyors. The most physical labor involved for the ship crew was, like, slight pushes and straightening things out. But, but, the most important part of our job is what June and Petra completely failed to do here. Well, would you care to enlighten our listeners, or shall I? No, you go ahead. Ahem. <clears throat> As I was saying, with nothing to do in our first shipment in the cargo deck, naturally June started to look through some of the documents Orla had left behind when I saw her suddenly freeze. What is it? I asked. I found an order pickup checklist. We missed some steps. This is bad. This is really bad. I could tell she was about to start spiraling, so I jumped to reassure her. Maybe we didn't do everything perfectly by the book, but we got it done, and that's what mattered. I could pick things up as I went, if I decided to keep doing this. I told her there was no sense worrying about what we couldn't fix, and asked what steps were on there that we could still do now. So she suggested we... Inspect the cargo! I was getting to that. I know, I know, but it's the most important thing! Ugh! Can't believe they just skipped that. I'm seething, Coco. Seething. Why does it matter so much? You have to make sure that what you're picking up is what you're supposed to pick up, and the right amount is there, and it's in the condition it's supposed to be in. If a box is missing, or something is broken, and you have no proof of it being that way before you picked it up, then it's going to be assumed that it happened while it was on your ship. Okay, fair point. So let me guess, Petra and June are about to inspect the order and find out that half of it is missing and then get accused of theft. Nope. A bunch of it is damaged beyond repair. Nope. It's the wrong order altogether? Three strikes, you're dead. <laughs> what then? Let's just say they got more than they bargained for. 
hey, Coco, look at me. I'll kill you. You wouldn't be the first to try. Moving on. She suggested we inspect the cargo. And, well, this is where things started to get weird. With the ship on autopilot headed for Invalor, we started moving crates from one side of the cargo bay to the other, cross-referencing with the um, documentation thingy to make sure it was all in order. Documentation thingy? Her words, not mine, and give Petra a break. It's her first day. The last thing I expected when I moved aside one of the boxes was to find a person. A man, to be specific. It seemed like he had been sleeping as he lifted up his single arm to block out the ship's light that the box had previously been shielding him from. He cursed. Hey, speaking of curses, should we do the horoscopes? Now? No time like the present. Listeners, friends, dare I say, family, we have reached out through time and space to the very stars. We have gathered their messages, interpreted them, re-encoded them, interpreted them again, put them into our own words, put them through 27 levels of translation software, translated them again, optimized them for an audio medium, and now we bring you the horoscopes. Aries, you should return your library book. Taurus, that a new haircut? Well, whatever it is, you're looking great. Gemini, remember, Y equals MX plus C. Cancer, hang on, this is just a bunch of emojis? Like, old emojis. Like, do, do people even use these ones anymore? Those are hieroglyphs, Blue. Well, what do they say? Do I look like I know how to read hieroglyphs? <laughs> Alright, um, then... Cancer, uh, bowl, two leaves, some birds, staff, staff, birds again, squiggle, zigzag, guy. Leo, put flames on it. Virgo, you're very good at what you do. The stars are impressed. I just wanted you to know that. Libra, when one door closes, another one opens. Usually because you opened it. Take charge this week. Something great could come of it. Scorpio, Sagittarius, and Capricorn, things have been hectic lately. All of you could stand to take some me time. Ooh, triple horoscope. Those are rare. They deserve it, especially Sagittarius. Aquarius, did you finish that project you were working on? Some people in your life are waiting to see it complete. Ask for help if you need to. Pisces, don't forget to check your mailbox. Not just today, but like in general. Stop ignoring your inbox. Can we continue now? Of course! Without thinking and completely reflexively, I did exactly two things. First, I screamed. 
catching the attention of June, who looked up from the documents she was inspecting just as I took my second action, smashing the box I was holding over the stowaway's head. It wasn't enough to knock him out, he managed to block most of it with his arm, but it was enough to break the box, scattering the contents all over the floor. He scrambled out of his hiding spot and looked around frantically for an escape. When he realized there was none to run to, he turned to pleading. Look, just pretend you didn't see me. Lock me up. Let me out when we get wherever you're going. I don't want to steal anything. Just don't send me back. At the same time that I said, we won't turn you in, June said, we're turning around. Then we both said, no way. June and I don't fight very often. It's hard to argue with her. She's always so rational and precise. It's difficult to advocate on behalf of a gut feeling. By the time we were done yelling, we realized it was too late to go back anyways. We were already just barely on schedule and a detour like that would take hours. Both June and the stranger stared at me. It was here I realized for the very first time, this really is my ship. This is my business? Everything happening in this moment was my responsibility. I was in charge, I was a captain, and my crew was expecting me to make a decision. I guess I lied at the start of this log. I'm, I'm no captain. Instead of answering, I ran. Now I'm locked in Orla's quarters, typing this out. I thought by the time I wrote it all out, I know what to do, but I don't. I knew I wasn't cut out for this. End of log. Wait, that's it? For now. They didn't even finish the cargo inspection! That's the part you're concerned about? She had time to write that whole log, but hasn't finished the cargo inspection yet? Looks like it's about a 12-hour trip between Trivium and Invalor. She probably just took a break to write stuff down while it was fresh. Unbelievable. Ridiculous priorities. The cargo inspection should always come first! Before deciding what to do with the stowaway? Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, that. So that's the question, right? What to do with the stowaway? Yeah, I guess we could talk about that. Petra and June aren't even listening to this. Then what was this all for? I don't know. Okay, but we have to give some kind of advice. I think it's false advertising if we don't. Okay, shoot. Okay, well, what what is even the protocol for stowaways? Like, what are you supposed to do? Right, right, because our listeners know us as the type to always give advice that follows protocols and lets them know what they're supposed to do. I'm not saying they should follow protocol, but knowing it is a good starting point for me to decide what my advice is going to be. That's no fun. I just don't think to quit your job and join the circus is going to cut it for this one. But it's universal advice. Usually, yes, but maybe not now. Well, if it helps any, I think protocol is to put the stowaway in the brig and contact the space cops. Then, hold your position until they can intercept and board. Oh, I hate the space cops. We all hate the space cops, but that's what you're supposed to do. Although, if Jan and Petra attempted to do anything like that, they would definitely be late. Can't have that. 
The other thing they could do is contact law enforcement on Envelor and have them meet them when they dock. Wait, you aren't seriously considering advising them to contact the authorities, are you? Firstly, like I said, they aren't listening. I'm advising no one. Secondly, you asked what the protocol would be. This is it. Protocol sucks. And on that, we agree. So what would your advice be? Well, if I was going to give advice, I'd say Petra should start encrypting her diary entries better, but personally, I'd rather she didn't because I want to see where this goes. I just want to know if they finish the cargo inspection. Thank you for listening to Afucus Radio. This show is created by Gwen Geronimo, Aspen Steves, and Liesl Christensen. Today's episode, Come From Stowaway, was written by Aspen Steves and performed by Gwen Geronimo as Blue Jay Midnight and Aspen Steves as Coconut Silver. Original music was composed and performed by Tamara Steves. To get more information or find a transcript of this episode, visit our website at fucusradio.uwu.ai. Follow the show on Twitter at Radio or shoot us an email at afucusradio at gmail.com. We always love to hear from our listeners. Happy Temporal Assignment.